Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today uh, I am accompanied by Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you hey, doing? Good, Carlo. How are you doing? And Chris, uh, you uh, you actually uh, got us our guest for today, uh, who is none other than Matt Farley. Uh, hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's great to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. All right. So, Chris, you know what? Because you were the one to bring uh, uh, Matt to us uh, because you had been sort of more familiar with his work mm-hmm. and his work specifically on uh, the uh, the very recent uh, 2022 film Magic Spot. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit? Uh, just guide us in, will you? Sure. Uh, so I, I, I first um, heard about Matt through the Important Cinema Club podcast uh, hosted by Justin DeClue and uh, Will Sloan. Um, and they started talking about these these homemade movies that were actually good, which is, um, you know, sometimes a, a, a bar that a lot of homemade movies don't necessarily uh pass um so started checking them out uh, especially because um justin runs a blu-ray label uh called uh, gold ninja video and he put out um, matt's movie uh local legends uh and then eventually don't let the river beast get you so I, I started diving into the the motern media universe um and uh i've just was completely enthralled and and um there's just so much there uh, for Matt uh, that Matt does. Um, so I just thought it would be great to bring him on, especially now that uh, Magic Spot is out and it's uh, decidedly uh, all, all of your movies, Matt, have some sort of um, fantastical element or for the most part. Um, but Magic Spot seems to be really leaning into that. Was was that a conscious decision on your part? Yeah. You know, we were, we were definitely thinking about the Twilight Zone uh, mm. when we were putting it together. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I was curious if you had um, like, did did you look at any any other time travel movies or anything like that? Um, I mean, uh, Charlie and I are both very well versed in the Back to the Future movies, mm. um, but we didn't do any uh, specific like research ahead of time. It was just based on you know years of watching movies. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, and to give people some some more context here, uh, so Matt, we'll talk about Magic Spot. Uh, it, it's it's a um, comedy fantasy time travel movie where um, two cousins who run a cable access talent show in Tussleville, the the fictional town of Tussleville. I'm assuming fictional, right, Matt? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they uh, f- suddenly remember that they had an uncle who taught them a specific poem, and then it turns out the poem leads them to a certain rock in the forest, which is the magic spot, and 
using the magic spot, they're able to travel and travel back in time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. But uh, the, the main story is that they're trying to save their uncle from the bo- from the beyond because uh, he died while using the magic spot. So, um, so I, I guess just because people might not be familiar with, with your filmmaking in general, do, do you have like, you know, a, a short answer for how you guys go about making these, these, um, the, you know, low to no budget movies? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the problem with a lot of what I do. There's not a real short answer. I need, I really need like a, a six hour, you know, symposium <laughs> just, just to introduce people to what I, what I do, but I'll do my best here. And basically, like you said, it's, it's like, you know, the movies you make when you're in high school or, or junior high with your friends in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's that. And, and my friends and I just never stopped doing that, you know? So, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like by the time we graduated college, everyone's getting on with their lives and being adults. And, and Charlie, Charlie got a, like at the time, like a nice camera. He was like, you know, we can still make movies. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Let's do that. And, um, and so, you know, and when we say backyard movies, uh, you think a certain level of ineptitude and, um, mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely reach that level at times, but um, I think I think you'll be surprised by, you know, so that, well, you know, we've been doing, <laughs> it's been 20 years since we graduated college. And so in that time, we've, uh, we've gotten good enough at it that we can, um, that, you know, people are responding to it in a positive way, but it still just maintains that, um, that homemade feel, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the, in the acting where we have a lot of people who, even though they've been in a lot of our movies, they still no one would mistake them for actors. Mm-hmm. And, and and by Charlie, you mean um, Charlie Roxburgh, who who's your co-creative force on, on these uh, movies? Yeah, yeah, he directs the movies, and uh, we write them together. Uh, it's really the, like the two of us, and then we have a whole gang of, of friends and family who, you know, uh, you know, help us out in the acting department. But yeah, I mean, like creatively, it's just it's really like wonderful because mm-hmm. um, we we just like, hey, want to let's make a movie about a, a magic <laughs> rock that takes you back in time and just like, OK, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's devote, you know, three months writing, you know, three months filming and three months editing. Uh, and, and then we just do, you know, uh, and no, there's no one, you know, there's no one giving us notes. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, it is so great. We just complete and And sometimes like, frankly, with, with magic spot, you know, Tom, who's in the movie, he read the script and he was like, you realize you don't have an antagonist, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, usually movies should have antagonists. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's just see what happens if we don't, you know? And yeah. like, it, it's, it's cool to be able to, I mean, it's crazy to make an entire movie and put that much time and effort on uh, something you're not sure will work. But it's mm-hmm. also just like, wow, this is great. And we make so many movies that like we can afford to to just try, try far out things and just see what happens. Right. 
Yeah, and and that's interesting because, um, like you said, like you, you know, most of your movies have some some form of an, uh, antagonist, and it's it's very whether or not you know real or imagined, and, or uh, if something like um, Metal Detector Maniac, which came out last year, uh, you know, it kind of turns out like the the main characters are actually the antagonist uh, <laughs> in, in a in a certain way. Um, but like, I, I think that's what adds to it, this is uh, Magic Spot is definitely your um, like sweetest movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like it's it's the most heartfelt because it's all about like helping out like saving your family and reuniting old loves and uh like in more than one you know in more sense than one like both <laughs> both uh, of the, of this plane and the next um yeah, yeah. and and so i, I think the, the lack of the anta- uh, antagonist kind of really gives you that that room to move uh into that emotional space well, yeah, well, I, and oh, let me just say, in the previous two movies, like "Heard She Got Married" is 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 pretty dark for us, you know, mm-hmm. and and "Metal Detector Maniac" get goes into some dark places. So it's kind of like let's uh, let's be sweet and happy, so that you know, like yeah. go go the opposite way. So so uh, I I did want to jump in because Chris, you you're right that there's not like a human character who's an antagonist, mm-hmm. but there is an antagonist here. It's time itself, right? Right. Yeah. The fact yeah. the fact that time sort of erases people that you love from the past, you know, uh, takes them away from you, and you know you don't know what's going to come, f- you know, in the future. So you, you're sort of, you know, I, I got the feeling that that you know, like Poopy and and <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. This this is the only character I'm going to remember because I'm 12. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. The only character name I'm going to really remember is Poopy, uh, who, who uh, I guess, it, does Poopy just like to take naps or does he have like a condition? Is it just simply something that, like a character quirk that you added? Because that was just something that I kept on like going like, so he's just gonna like nap right there in the forest. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Well, Poopy's Poopy's got a lot going on for sure, but uh, I don't think he's he's been diagnosed with anything um, <laughs> at, at this point. Okay, he, he might want to get that looked at, but <laughs> yeah, just I think the credits rolled on that one, Chris. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He'll be yeah. fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I do <clears throat> think that the antagonist is just a passive one, which is just you know what what are all of our uh, what you know the the enemy that we all sort of fear. Uh, and, and it's not really an enemy. I think it's just simply a fact of life. You know, mm-hmm. time good. will come for us all. So, good point. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, the when you were writing this, um, did you like sit down and and really think out the the rules for time travel, or did you kind of just play it loosey goosey and and see where it went? Um. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of rules, and we started off with a good amount of them figured out. But then, but then more ideas came, and then mm-hmm. it, then we had to like kind of go back and 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 tidy, you know, make sure everything was was sticking together and making sense. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that's part like part of the fun of a time travel movie is all the all the rules and how convoluted it gets over time, mm-hmm. and so like. For us, the the fun was 
for characters to make these long, wordy descriptions of the situation and for other characters to just nod their head, you know, in acceptance <laughs> yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that is the best joke in the in the whole thing is just like the, these wild discussions of there's a rock in the forest that will take you back in time. And everybody's just like, yeah, of course there is this, you know, it's, um, but I think. The, the, the thing about the like rules of the time travel in magic spot that um, really I, I, I like that there's like a <clears throat> intensification of it. So like the first kind of first half, you 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 know, you find the rock and you, you figure out how the rock works. But then like near the end, when you start trying to actually actively save um, when I say you, of course, I, I, I mean, yeah. uh, your characters, because Matt obviously plays um, Walter in, in this movie. Um, but your characters start trying to actively save your uncle uh, and uh the um like the, the, these like all these new rules just start popping out and like you're I, I i think the one one line that always gives me a chuckle is you 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 have this like long conv- conv- uh, convoluted discussion of the rules of saving somebody from the beyond and then you're just like well, who knew <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah yeah it's, it's this casual um like casual acceptance of it all is just just um very very funny yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I had fun with that. Yeah, go. So I, I was just going to say also uh, to, to maybe uh, piggyback off of what you were saying, Chris. Uh, one thing that, that I really enjoyed is that a lot of these um, rules, they're not like you, you only get like a bit of an info dump. What is it like maybe almost before the third act mm-hmm. uh, of the movie? Like it's it slowly builds without really anyone going like, well, you 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 can't do this, and slowly but surely you know you get little nuggets throughout, and then you get like the big one where it's like, well, if you touch the tree, you know, kids and these other people can see you if you you know that type of thing, <laughs> yeah. which then explains why you know they they find uh, when they do actually uh, get back to. Um, the, the the time where uh, the time loop where um, their uncle is trapped, it, it explains why he has like a little twig behind his ear all the time. <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, OK, that makes sense. All yeah. right. And, I, and, and I mean, there, oh, go ahead. there's, I'm there's sorry. several times where like and action. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He, he needs a twig. Where did the twig go? <laughs> then, you know, like we kept losing everyone's twigs. But luckily, uh, if you're going to make a prop. Make it a thing that is everywhere, you know. <laughs> so when you forget it, you can just reach up to a tree and make a new one. Yeah, and I think that's part, you know, and, and that's definitely part of what makes um you, you and your and Charlie's films are like it's very, you know, a lot of art it comes out of restraint. Um, like the, you know, or not restraint, constraints, like lack of money, lack of access to certain things. And, and so I I think that's, that's, you know, you come up with these, uh, pretty good methods yeah Yeah, solutions on the fly yeah yeah because that's, that's one of the things like for us when we're writing a script, it's never, it's never just like whatever your imagination thinks of go with it it's not that at all it's what does your imagination think of then then you sit and you say will i be able to film this mm-hmm. and if the if the answer is no then you gotta make some revisions right there before you even start typing because other, like i don't want to be scrambling to figure out how to do something you know the day before filming and you know this is this is a labor of love we still lose money uh you know on every production we do so um so we try to streamline it and make it as like practical as possible. Mm-hmm. 
Although I will say that uh, Chris, uh, restraint is something that <laughs> can produce also produce some good <laughs> that art. That is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like like we were saying, like that the, the constraints may actually lead to some restraint on certain things, which which might be a good thing. <laughs> so, um, Matt. Uh, I, I I'm just curious because uh, so so do you just start with um, how, how do you start writing like a script for for something like the magic spot? Uh, it's it's a lot of like talking and brainstorming and like we're currently on the pace of writing t- of making two movies a year. You know that started last year and and um, we're half we've done the first of this year and we're going to start the next one in a couple weeks and so. Uh, one thing we do is like when we're while we're setting up a shot, sometimes we might just think of an idea like, oh, it would be cool if this happened in a movie. And then we can be like, well, you know, the movie we're planning to make in two years, it might fit into that, you know, and and then we'll, we'll keep, keep notes. Hmm. And so like we have a bunch of like a bunch of little stories kind of simmering, you know, and where we'll we'll add little bits here and there, little ideas here and there. Um, so just a lot of that leading up to it. And, and basically it's like once an idea has gotten, you know, has been fleshed out enough from these kind of, uh, brainstorming sessions, a lot of texting back and forth, you Mm. know, like, yeah, you know, just like each of, each of us will get a little bit of a new idea uh, on something until it's like, you know what? I think we have a, we have a movie. And then, then it's uh, sit down and start to write. And it, it fluctuates how we do that. Like sometimes Charlie and I will like be on Skype together weekly with a Google doc open. He lives three hours away from me. So, um, so, and literally we're typing it on the same Google doc at the same time. And other times I'll write it. I'll, I'll do the first draft and then send it to him and he'll do the second draft. That's great. Um, do, so, I, I mean, uh, do you find are, has there been times where you've like actually gotten to the filming of something and, and you found you've had to like significantly rewrite what what you had already done? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, in Magic Spot, <laughs> I mean, it's a kind of minor, but like I think in the opening monologue by J.P. McD, he says like the the snow is melting in the warmer parts of town <laughs> like that, that was specifically like in a jokey way explaining why there's snow cover you know in one scene and then like complete no snow cover in the other scene okay you know? <laughs> and it's, so it's kind of like a winking way of being like look what do, what are we going to do there's no snow on the ground we're not we don't have like snow machines to <laughs> right. uh, maintain continuity uh just so certain parts of towns get hot sometimes so it's it's been as um as simple as that uh and then as you know sometimes people don't show up for (laughs) for filming okay like and then another like another thing is like we have you know we have the two brothers from the future with Mm -hmm. the light bulb guys you know Mm -hmm. um they originally we had it was three brothers but um (laughs) one of them was sick the day of shooting. And so, and, and the beauty of it is like, we, we planned for that. Like we, we, we specifically, we wrote three, but we knew like, we were like, if, if, if only one shows up, it's one kid. And if two shows up, like, and so we basically consolidated the lines on the day of filming, we had to consolidate the three 
characters' lines into two characters, you know? Mm -hmm. And and those two actors were more than happy to have more lines and more screen time. So it was, it was every, everyone was cool with it. Um, and so, yeah, just just stuff like that, you know? And, and you just have to roll with it because, um, you know, it's like, wow, I've, for six months we've been working on this script and now because one person got sick, we have to alter it. And like, you could let that get you down and, 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 and you could like, you know, let it ruin your day, but we're just like, Oh, okay. We're yeah. now, now it's two brothers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you can tell sometimes that, um, you're rolling with the punches and, and sometimes that like, you know, and, and obviously it, it, it never really, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. Like it, it's, it's like, you just kind of just, um, you know, putting it up there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all fake, you know, it's all <laughs> yeah. every, every movie is just it's just a silly movie, you know, like yeah. Tom Tom Cruise isn't really Maverick. He's just Tom Cruise pretending to be Maverick. So like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I know. I'm Matt, sorry. You're you're blowing my mind here, man. <laughs> no. And, and so it's like, yeah, we'll do the best we can. And sometimes part of the fun is seeing how poorly we we managed we, we pulled it off. <laughs> so so uh, I did want to also uh, comment that uh, you, you uh, Chris, you did mention one minor uh, subgenre that is included in this in this film, mm -hmm. which is musical. Mm, yes. <laughs> there are <laughs> there is definitely a musical uh, aspect of it. Specifically, I I, I really enjoyed <laughs> just sort of how. Um, you sort of got like you figured, uh, Matt, you figured that, you know, musicals are all about like, you know, it's that um, it's it's that Futurama line where it's like, what? You just can't sing how you feel. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, you have that whole sequence where uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Peterson is as Alyssa is just like basically like making the direct plea to everyone there that you know please give me a reason to stay and you're like okay point taken sir I understand what the what her motivations are Yo, yeah I, I mean and that was the fun of it as I was writing it I, I was like oh my god this is so shameless on the part of the, her character you know like she comes back to town and she writes this like like almost desperate song you know and um and it's just and yet it's presented in like a way that's totally normal everyone's just like yeah this is happening and uh, you know and yeah. then then the next you know the following week when she comes back with the whole dance song you know with the with the r poopy rapping in the middle of it i mean uh i was i was giddy with excitement when we were recording it and then when we were filming it like yeah there's barely any shots um any usable shots of me in that in the in that dance scene because i was giggling the whole time i was like this is so insane and when chris peterson who plays poopy just when he grabs the mic and just starts rapping i was just like oh my i'm i can't believe this is happening yeah. this is so great it, it, it's, it's it was your version of uh, uh ninja rock like that ninja rapper from uh, from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice! You talking about Vanilla Ice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Charlie mentioned that. That's Chris, uh, I'm sorry. I, I want I want to drop a small bomb here, uh -oh. Chris. I saw that in the film in the theaters. Oh boy, the, the, the Secret oh. of the Ooze. Nice. That's that's, that's cool. Yeah. That's major major bragging rights. There. Yes. Yeah. 
Car- Carlo has a bunch of those, right? And that's those are he, those are times where I'm, I get jealous. But um, so, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, Matt, like this is a, a podcast ostensibly about the you know the literature of the fantastic, so like science fiction and fantasy and things like that. Okay. Um, did you grow up reading any of that kind of stuff? Um, no, not not too much. Um, I was more of an Alfred Hitchcock um type of thriller kind of mm-hmm. fan. I'm trying to think. I read, do you know, William Slater? You ever read any of his books? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. Young adult books from like the 80s and 90s. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not too much, not too much. But like I said in the, um, like I said before, like Twilight Zone, like mm. one thing I like and what I like about this movie, one thing we were going for in this movie at least was like to, to let the fantasy sci-fi aspect be presented in as real and matter of fact a way as possible, you know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost no, no CGI style effects, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I, 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 I like that. Like, I, I like that about a lot of, a lot of the uh, twilight zone is, you know, there's like fantastic things happen, but you don't, you don't necessarily, you don't, you don't, it's presented with with just like the way that a play would be put on, you know, on mm-hmm. stage sort of. Yeah. Well, uh, in particular, I, I really like the one um, camera move when you're first uh, trying out the magic spot and there's a, f- you, both you and Poopy are in frame and then uh, you say the year, I think. And then um, the frame, like Poopy kind of gets out of the frame and then it pulls back again and he's gone. Like it's, it, it's like the, the, the simplest trick in the book, but it just, it, really worked it really yeah. it was really effective and i think yeah, what, I, like I think what makes the difference is the sound you know yep. that mm-hmm. little yeah that musical yeah. that cue. little whoosh that little whoosh too yeah uh which just gives you just enough of a, a a cue as a as a viewer to buy into it right because you've been building up towards it mm-hmm. uh, and so you get the whoosh and then you know when when poopy isn't in frame or he meets later on walter meets poopy on the trail and he's like trying to, you know, waving his hand and you're like, oh, okay, so he's back in time. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's one of these things that is, um, I think I've mentioned it before and, and Chris will probably attest that I might be repeating myself a little bit, <laughs> but I do think that there is something to be said for uh, practical and inventive ways to make just sort of practical effects mm-hmm. um, to for for the audience to just buy into the 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 sort of like confabulate with you right mm-hmm. uh and, and get into that same sort of mindset and and mind frame to uh, accept you know the the whatever you're you're trying to you know whatever your your speculative element may be yeah yeah and I, I think uh, i'm i'm very happy with that uh, i mean the only time there's only any, any kind of like uh, editing, tr- you know, um, I don't know what you even call it. I'm, I'm, I make movies. I don't know any of the terminology, but like the, the scene where I'm watching myself in the car, you know, there's two oh, of me yeah. Yeah. and it's like, Charlie, Charlie did that. Cause he's, he's a wizard with the, uh, the, the effects. Um, but I think, I mean, it, it just looks super, it just plain old natural to me, mm-hmm. you know, in a mm-hmm. way that, that it fits. I think the black and white helps too. It just, it just feels like not flashy. Yeah. And oh, go ahead, Carla. No, I, I was just going to ask you because that, that's another aspect. So, so I do have two minor questions. So yeah. 
was so was the black and white a a conscious choice because you were trying to mimic like the the old uh, Twilight Zone episodes, or was it just simply you, you just sort of you were you were feeling it? Yeah, we, we've been feeling it um, for the last. This is the third straight movie that we've done in black and white. Um, and yeah, like we did, you know, uh, the last the, the movies we did uh, prior to 2020 are um, or 2021 are, are a little bit more comic booky, over the top silliness. And so we, we went black and white to kind of like uh, show that we were kind of going in a slightly different direction. And now we we love the black and white <laughs> and it's uh you know, we're, we don't even know yet the, the one we're starting in a few in a few weeks. We're not quite sure if um, we're going to go to color or not. But uh, like when you're shooting on video too, just I think black and white gives it more of a cinematic feel. So anyway, mm -hmm. the, the Twilight Zone connection was definitely something we, we thought about. But even if that wasn't the case, we'd probably still be going black and white. Mm. Gotcha. Oh, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. So, um, the, the other question that I have, because, um, sort of the, the, the genre that I immediately thought of, um, because of the way that this is structured, and I was going to ask you, was this, um, were, were you consciously trying to go for like, um, sort of a, a mystery structure, uh, for the, you know, the, the first parts of the film? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, like I said, you know, I like Alfred Hitchcock and um, movies and, and just thrillers and, and suspense stuff uh, very much. And and so, yeah, it was I, and I don't even it, I don't even remember where the idea came from with the, the poem and whatnot. But uh, but it, it just felt like a good way to, like, propel the story. And like, I'm happy that, like, with each scene, we're just being we're just being pushed a little bit more and more toward the point that we're trying to get to. It doesn't, I don't feel like mm. there's a lot of, uh, a lot of meat on the bone. Is that the phrase of, you know, yeah, not, yeah. not a lot of excess fat. It's like, you know, every, every scene is getting us one step closer to the magic rock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and, yeah. and you know, it, it reminded me of, it's the same kind of device of like somebody going back in time and um, planting clues to help something in the future. Uh, it, it reminded me of very much of um, Interstellar. I'm not sure if you, if you saw that, Matt, um, the, the Christopher Nolan film, but that ends up with uh, Matthew McConaughey going back in time and like planting some clue for his daughter to find. Um, and you, you guys did it uh, better, I think with, you know, probably one nineteenth or uh, even less of a, the budget of, oh, of, yeah. of Christopher yeah. <laughs> one, one millionth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have seen it, but I don't, I don't remember it very much, but um, I mean, there's lots of potential contradictions and issues that y you can bump into when you're mm -hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think like, if you put any of these, any time travel movie to a microscope, you're going to, ultimately maybe find some some issues but I, I think we steered pretty clear of it and like one thing we left open was was that like th there's more magic to the magic spot than even the characters in the movie know about you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there's new things are are being discovered in the future mm -hmm. and so we can explain everything away kind of <laughs> with, with with that yeah well and i also think though sometimes that time travel movies that adhere too much to you know trying to make everything fit and explain um 
you know, if it, it's sometimes that, you know, if it works, it works. But um, if it doesn't work and it doesn't make sense, it's still fine. Like, I mean, if it, excuse me, if it works and it doesn't make sense, it's fine because it works. And it's yeah. like, you know, it, you know, you're, you're, you're invested in the story regardless. Yeah. So, so I do want to also point out and commend you, Matt, because I, I generally categorize um, time travel move, time travel stories in general are for me, I, I, I sort of get really tired of the, um, the two basic ones, which is one, uh, I want to prevent something from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, or two, it's a weird sort of almost, um, sort of like the, the science fictional version of, um, of travel, uh, travel writing or something like that, where you're like, you're, you're traveling to a, a past or future and then just documenting what you observe. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, in this, I, I think that also because you're not trying to, um, force, a a <laughs> a ticking time bomb into the story yeah um and you don't have like an a a, a coherent like a not a coherent but a uh sort of like a, a very uh sharp antagonist like we'd mentioned before i think you you sort of sidestepped a lot of those problems um had you had you even thought about that beforehand or was that just simply something that uh you that came out uh sort of emerged from the writing process yeah uh yeah in the writing and brainstorming process it, it was just coming out uh um it, it's hard because we're, we're we're doing we're we're working at a very uh fast pace in the last couple of years and for the next few so frankly it's like it's a bit of a it's a blur like where <laughs> ideas came from and and how things <laughs> developed like i i honestly like sometimes I'm reading the script and I'm surprised by stuff <laughs> I wrote, you know? So, and, and that's, that's a great way to be. One, one thing I like about the movie is that it's like the, the, the main world that we're living in, um, you know, in, in the year 2022, the it's, um, it's kind of like the way things are for them is the way that the people from the future were trying to make it. Mm. Sort of. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. like the, there are people from the future who are trying to alter Poopy and Walter and Jimmy's life and and they're kind of oblivious to it, sort of, you know, yeah. and, and and I like to think that they they'd gotten it wrong a few times, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> in, in, there's previous in previous attempts to alter things. They, they, they messed up or, or something. And so like we're seeing like the finished product of what the the light bulb guys and, mm-hmm. uh, and H were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely got that feeling. And, and as you're mentioning that you're, you're reminding me of, um, of two specific, uh, stories that, that sort of deal with that. Um, one being a bit more, um, sort of, uh, highfalutin, which is, uh, William Gibson's the peripheral. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, but then the other one is of course, the time travel <laughs> classic Bill and Ted X Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Oh yeah. <laughs> where they keep on like, uh, Chris, I was, I was thinking about that earlier when you were saying like, yeah, you leave these breadcrumbs to, for themselves to figure out. And it just reminded me of like a uh, Bill and Ted going like, 
dude, we got to like put the keys here. We got to hide them here. So we, f- we go back and we find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of moments like that happening behind the scenes that we don't see, especially mm. with the, the light bulb guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I th- they definitely seem like they're up to something and you have like uh, no clue exactly what it is. Um, but they definitely, seem to have some sort of agenda beyond just you know meeting their meeting their dad <laughs> spoiler alert yeah, um, yeah. Uh, i mean uh, it's such a weird like I, I it's it's one of these um almost uh magical realism sort of touches in the film where these two guys show up at people's doorsteps and like we just want to have you have a light bulb and you're like how does anyone yeah. like open their door to these guys but apparently everyone believes that yeah. they're fine <laughs> Yeah, well, and, just, and just the bare light bulb too. It's not even like in the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if someone had fluorescence? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I like that. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot, uh, and I I mean, so you do you know why they did the light bulb thing? Uh, so I'm gonna go with the cliched. Because I do think that there is something there. And uh, I want to say that not long after they show up for Walter, he has an idea. (laughs) Uh, No, no. Well, like more nuts and bolts. Like, I I don't even know. I don't know how much I should. (laughs) Well, I I think we're going to just presume that everybody has watched it, which they should at Vimeo. Yeah, you, yeah. Pause it and go watch it, Vimeo. Yes. Be, um, be a very unique human being. If you you're in a very uh, small club, if you do that, uh, <laughs> listeners. Uh, but um, so they, the, okay, they they want to save Jimmy from getting crushed by the speaker. Oh. Um, oh yeah. And so, but. What happened was in, in in a previous version of history, my mom called me and asked me to go, come change a light bulb for her. Uh huh. And so they through through a series of maybe false like attempts or you know failed attempts and whatnot, they um <laughs> they they figure out that first they have to gain my mom's trust and so they do that by coming to me first and giving me a light bulb so then later in the movie when they go to my mom's she calls me and says is it okay to take a light bulb and i've already met them and they seem like nice guys to me and so i say yes okay sure take it so now she has a light bulb and then right and then and then in that scene in the in the studio i get a call from my mom she says come help me with the light bulb and i say but don't you remember you got a free light bulb she says oh okay <laughs> okay okay and so I then was... then shortly after that jimmy is um pulling on the rope mm-hmm. and 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 i stop him from pulling on the rope and but if i wasn't there to do it uh the 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 the, <laughs> the speaker would have crushed him Oh, wow. There's just so many layers on, on to this. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, as you're laying it out to me, Matt, uh, I, now I'm realizing, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, but like, for whatever reason, I didn't necessarily put that. And that's not well, necess- like that. I, I don't think that that's a failing. I think that's no. Great. Yeah. Well, this I, is something that should don't, that if you didn't talk to me, like you should wake up in, in six or seven days and just be like, oh, my God, the light bulb guys were there to save Jimmy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a nice little thing that's like 
not called out at all. Like, I, you know, I, I think that takes a lot of restraint, like we said before, to, to, to not like, you know, foreground that too much and leave that, you know, f- to either uh, figure out on your own or, or, or talk to Matt Farley yeah, to figure yeah. it out. If I, had, if I had more restraint, I wouldn't be blabbing about it to you either. But, <laughs> but it, it's it's definitely a thing in the in the last few movies that I've I've especially been like, let's let's drop some stuff in there that we don't explain, that we don't overtly explain, you know? Yeah. And then, and then just one other like general idea is that like the people in the future have figured out that the less they intervene, the better, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, because there's also always the question of like, well, why don't you just jump up and, and save Jimmy yourself? And like, they've just determined that if they plant the seeds and allow the, the people in the present to do most of the action, that's the, that's the best way to intervene with the past. Yeah. Well, yeah. Excellent. Um, so uh, Matt, going back to like, uh, talking about you haven't um you know you haven't really read a lot of um science fiction or or fantasy or anything like that um but i i, I do understand i know you have um a, a deep knowledge of like uh schlocky horror yeah um uh, like movies in particular um and because and that shows up in in uh, a lot of your films like um you know don't let the river beast get you where there's a a literal river beast um a, a lot of your earlier films are, are more geared towards like that kind of horror like schlocky horror kind of stuff yeah um and so and but you you seem to say i think you kind of hinted at it before but um you guys are like taking a conscious choice to to turn away from that kind of stuff um it's it's not necessarily uh i i don't know i don't know i guess you know we're older now and it's kind of like um how you know Mm-hmm. No, we, we, no, were, no we were too we were too old to be doing that uh, when we were 30 and now we're <laughs> now we're way too old but don't you know don't quote me on anything but we'll gotcha yeah river, the river beast will be back i'm Ooh. sure yeah uh, that's right okay well and, Re- and, and any more chances of the river beast yes <laughs> uh well and it, you know that would that would be my recommendation for uh people's next uh watch after the magic spot is uh river beast because i think that's a very uh excellent entry point into into your whole um movies all all of them because i think it it has um the most uh front and center like comedy of 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 everything yeah um so um the the other thing i was going to ask about is um your your movies are decidedly almost like are family family friendly like there's no cursing or or like you know very overly sexual things um so like is that a conscious decision is yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm generally kind of an uptight, uh, guy prudish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't say, I don't say bad words even, uh, in my regular, uh, life. Mm-hmm. Not that I, not that I have a real, uh, um, not that I'm really against it. It's mostly because like my friends in high school or even in, in grade school, like wanted me to say bad words. And I, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to give them the satisfaction. <laughs> and so I've just kept that up for the rest of my life just to get get at them. And it still bothers them, too. I'm happy to report. And, and, and that that general uh, that general feeling definitely gets into the movies where we're going to be so over the top, like wholesome, that it's mm. going to annoy people. And we're, <laughs> we're proud of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like like in the in magic spot where, you know, it ends with like as if 
as if Uncle Dan going to heaven wasn't enough happiness at the end of the movie. Also, I'm going to get down on one knee and propose to Alyssa. It's just like, uh, you know, and then Tess is going to be reaching out toward the TV, you know, yeah, with yeah. love. Like, it, it, where you're going so over the top. We, we, Charlie would sometimes joke, like, all we need is just like a, a shot of like a basket full of puppies, like playing with each other. And then, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll have reached like the, uh, the peak of, of, of syrupy sweetness and so <laughs> so we do it to antagonize people <laughs> <laughs> that's the best uh, well, I, I I thought I, like honestly I thought that it was like uh, specifically like uh, the, the the sort of almost victory lap feeling of the ending of this mm. felt very much like um, the, the, like those old uh, plays where everyone gets married or yeah. there's a yes. giant feast yes. and yes. everyone has a party <laughs> yeah I I mean, it's just so funny to me that like all Uncle Dan wanted to do before going to heaven was <laughs> sing a song in which he basically like provides a synopsis of the movie for everybody and, and, and then just waves goodbye. And and, and uh, that's another thing I like is that um, like him him going to the next level of uh the afterlife is we don't dwell on that at all he just <laughs> he just fades away and then the show continues i yeah. love that <laughs> like not only ha not only ha does time travel exist in this world but ghosts as well in heaven and like everybody's well, just completely unfazed well, not, by it yes. not only that but it's it's televised yeah and yes. recorded for posterity That's for the first right. time I for know. the first time yep <laughs> um the uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought for a second there. Um, oh, well, I, I think, it, you know, in, in this space of like SOV and low budget, um, no budget movies, um, it's very easy to just try and do like gross out or like, um, you know, violent or um, just like that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's rare to see, um, you know, people aim for uh, apparently like spitefully wholesome. <laughs> I like that spitefully whole. That's going to be our new motto. Like welcome to Motown Media, spitefully wholesome. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and like oftentimes when it's a low budget movie doing like violence and terror and something like it just it, it almost feels a little too real. Like because mm -hmm. it's like wait these these aren't actors. These are people that <laughs> yeah. probably aren't getting paid and they're covered in, in in fake blood and screaming and it just makes me makes me uncomfortable in general. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's that and 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 likewise like if you're gonna have like people kissing on screen it's just like oh man that that's like that's like the director's uh sister and and the director's like like friend's cousin or something and it's just like you can feel the discomfort uh, like, when you're watching it so like we 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 try not to put uh to create situations like that um but again, who knows, you know, n never say never. And, mm -hmm. uh, and who knows, we might, we might shock the world with a very <laughs> adult movie one day. Yeah. The, 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 the next, uh, Moturn is a triple X movie. <laughs> <laughs> a, a different meaning to magic spot, but, um, so, uh, I, I think, um, I, I just, I do want to mention also, um, 
your whole philosophy, the, the, the Motern method, um, yeah. which you recently put out, uh, was it this year or the end of last year? Um, I think technically it's December 31st was the day it came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you know, on Amazon and it, which kind of goes through your whole, your whole, uh, philosophy of creativity, which is yeah. basically just do it and creativity like will follow. And, yeah. um, it's very inspiring to people who are, um, you know, aspire to creativity, but also people who, you know, I, I, not to say this is going to sound fanatical, but like, you know, I, I've had instances of work where I've like, you know, had to write something and I was just like, I, I don't have the creative spark to, you know, get this brief done. And, and so yeah. I just was like, oh, well, what does, what would Matt Farley do? <laughs> yeah. Or even your podcast, you know, like, yeah. uh, in order to keep a podcast going, you, you need to have that like relentlessness and that drive. And, uh, and I mean, one of the key things that I point that for me is like, don't worry about perfectionism, you know, mm -hmm. like there, uh, uh, there, you know, times when you're like, should I release this? Because it, there's a, a slight, problem with it and my the answer to that question is yes yes mm -hmm. you should you should release it because if you fix that problem while you're fixing it you're going to notice another problem mm -hmm. and then while you're fixing that one you're going to notice another one and then you're going to die still working on that one uh episode or project mm -hmm. or something yeah and, and so um so that that's how uh that's how i i approach things and you know i mean you know kubrick is great so there are other ways of doing things and mm -hmm. that are also successful, but you know, he, 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 he's one, he's one in a million in terms of getting, or, or more than that, one in a billion in terms of, of getting that much funding and support from a, a movie studio. So for mm -hmm. the, re for the rest of us, um, I, I, like you just, you just gotta, just gotta do it. And, and there's, there's this voice in a lot of people's heads that say, why, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I've learned how to shut that voice down, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and for, yeah. And, yeah. Even when, you know, when people are like, well, there's no antagonist in your movie. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that, uh, some people would say, Ooh, I guess I should do that. But, mm -hmm. but I was just like, Oh, Oh, well, I guess, yeah, that's a good point. On we go. Still, we're not changing <laughs> anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the, the idea of, you know, make sure, you know, keep, work basically not necessarily every day, but keep working on it and finish something and then also release it to the world. I, I, I think that's that second part, um, or I'm sorry, the last part there is the thing that most people don't get, don't hear, which is it's usually, you know, work on it and finish it, but actually releasing it is, uh, important. And I think, and, um, that's a unique idea to the, to a uh, creativity that you're, you're bringing, you're, you're bringing to this. Yeah, because once you've released it, then you really can't um, tinker with it mm -hmm. anymore unless you're jo George Lucas or something. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you let it you let it go, let it out in the world and then a magical thing happens. And what happens is your brain starts giving you new ideas, you know, because mm. your brain's like, oh, I guess we can't work on that anymore. But bing, here, yeah. here's a new one. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting too, because then like, for example, like going through your filmography, you, you know, you have stuff to go back to and you can see your development. And, um, I mean, and so like, it, it's, it, you know, once you finally get to that place where people are, are 
you know, watching or reading or listening to your stuff, um, there's a whole back catalog that they could go through and, you know, it might not all of it might not be perfect, but it's, you know, people, I'm, if somebody's into, into your, the, your later stuff, I'm sure they'll be into the earlier stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a camera, like, and you want to figure out how to use it or if you get editing equipment, like your two options are just kind of like film, whatever. And, and kind of figure it out by just filming the wall or filming some trees and then just kind of like seeing how things edit on the edit computer or the the way I su suggest is write a full movie and <laughs> film the whole movie and 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 learn that way and uh <laughs> and I really I you learn way more because it's it's more intense and in in um and you you're forced to figure things out in a way that uh it's too casual if you're just kind of like tinkering with, with the device for a while and then you kind of lose interest and it goes in a closet. Mm -hmm. Well, Carlo, do you have anything? I, uh, I mean, I, it, it sounds very similar to uh, something that I observed in myself, which is, you know, like uh, the, there, there's always like the, the story that that's in your head. It's going to be perfect. The problem is that no one can read it. Mm. Yeah. So you, you got to get it out there. It's not like, like you said, it's probably not going to be perfect, but you know what? You'll finally figure out what other people think about it and yeah. you'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. And the, the audience doesn't react to it in the way that you do. Like you, you're so immersed in your own work that you, you can't, you can't come to it in a, an objective way at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, just because let you, it go. you know, you know where your own flaws are like you you also may know i mean if it's a if it's a small enough or, or short enough work you may also know where like oh that's this part is the day that i i really hated doing this yeah and it i i'm sure everyone knows no one no one knows sometimes <laughs> it it's it's completely unfair because you're like how do you not notice this and people are like no i love this this is great and you're like, no, but there was parts that I didn't like. And it doesn't matter. Just do yeah. it. Keep going. You move on to the next thing because, yeah, you, you need to finish something and put it out there for, for you to get, you know, like some sort of feedback and to grow yeah, and to see where, you know, where you, you know, like you may do five things that are the same that, that you realize, oh, wait, I'm just repeating myself. Yeah. Uh, but and, and it's and also just like it's not finishing a project can become a habit, you know? And so mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you want to, you want to develop the habit of, um, of finishing everything you do and, and, and pu putting it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, because otherwise it's just sitting there in the closet and it's, it's not, you know, whether it's a metaphorical or a uh, actual closet, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's it, for me, it, it gets in the way for me to be, uh, to, to, to finish things. And I don't know, it's just so much, it's so much more fun like, working on <laughs> working on something than it is tinkering on something too, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. God, yes. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. You just get it out there and then, yeah, you just, and also like uh, uh, for, for, for me, once I get something out there, uh, the, the best thing I can do to stop thinking and, and obsessing over, you know, well, you know, what's going to happen with that? And you're like, well, I'll just move on to the next thing. And uh, being distracted with the new thing is usually the perfect remedy. Yeah, and, and sometimes you put something out like you know I've put out songs that that 
did a nothing for like eight years and then suddenly caught on for some weird reason, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, and so like you let it, just let it be out there and maybe it'll put on a life, get, develop a life of, of its own. And like Chris was saying for our movies, it's like, you know, I, I you know, I, I basically, for the first 15 years, I basically knew the names of everyone who'd watched our movies. That's how few, <laughs> That's how few people were watching them, you know, also because I'm a little obsessive and I'm check, <laughs> checking, uh, you know, the Internet constantly to see if anyone's talking about our stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but well, now I, that the new movies have kind of given re- people a reason to check out the old movies. Yeah. And, and uh, well, you're also, uh, you know, one of the most accessible filmmakers out there because you actually put your phone number out there for people to contact you. <laughs> so, yeah. And the credits. Yeah. Um. Which, yeah, this is and that's how this interview was set up. Um, so, yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned your songs, too, Matt, because I do want to briefly just mention that, that you, you actually. So the, the movies are your are your kind of your side gig, I would say, uh, yeah. although you apparently you, you said you, you lose money on them. But your, yeah. your main like you earn a living from writing songs. You're a songwriter. I know. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and because of that, you're actually the very first pod side guest who has been on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Huh, yeah how about that i can't <laughs> yeah. believe i haven't brought it up i usually bring it up within 10 minutes of any conversation yeah. uh yeah so the the music um the thing about music for me is like one person can make a song and and one if you're me one person can make like 30 or 40 or 50 songs in a day and um and i figured out a way to make song like i figured out that I can make songs that earn me two, three, four, five dollars a year, you know, <laughs> which is not a lot, you know, except uh, if you have 20,000 of them, you know. <laughs> and so I spent I spent about 15 years. I'm up to 23,000 songs. And uh, it's just basically it, forget about love songs like most songs are about love. I just decided to fill in all the gaps uh, outside of love and write a song about any other potential topic that someone might be looking for. That's right. And, uh, and six going on six years, it's been my full-time job. So life That's is amazing. good. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's very like, uh, satisfying because, um, like you've, other than these like giant giant artists, I think you're probably like the the person who's like figured out how to game Spotify and like you know because the the big artists are always complaining about how little Spotify pays out per song or per listen and and you know every listen to you is just you know further 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 adding to your your you know your yearly earnings. It's just a, a yeah. drop in the pot. Well, the thing about big time musicians is that you know especially older ones they are. You know, first of all, they're lucky that they got signed by a major label, you know, in the 80s mm-hmm. or 70s or 90s. And I mean, um, and they, you know, they profited off of selling CDs, you know, for 20 mm-hmm. bucks, 20 bucks for a CD that had like 10 songs on it. And like two of them were good, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, so now musicians are like, what? I can't, I can't sell eight garbage songs and two good ones for 20 bucks. Like, like, Oh, woe is me. Like, yeah. Yeah. and so, uh, I don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy for them. Hmm. Um, 
at all. And and there is money to be made in streaming. You know, mm-hmm. there is there is money to be made on the internet and it's it's more democratized mm-hmm. now than ever before. I mean, I I wouldn't have a chance to do any of the stuff that I'm doing if it was 1975, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so we're lucky to be alive at this particular time and um and it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It requires a lot of work, but it should require a lot of work. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm singing, I'm singing songs. I'm making movies with my friends. If I'm going to make money off that, then it better involve a lot of effort. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it definitely, the, the end products speak for themselves, I'd say. And, uh, I, I do want to, I, I have to mention that, uh, my daughter, my five-year-old daughter, uh, thanks you for your poop song. She, she, we, we have <laughs> b- bonded over those on the way to school. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a great moment for me. You know, there was the moment where the apple landed on Newton's head, and he thought of uh, gravity. And then there was the moment where I thought, I bet kids would like a lot of poop song. You know? Those are two paradigm shifts in in Western culture. <laughs> Well, uh, on that note, Matt, I really want to thank you for coming on. This was this has been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. very fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, so this is this is a lot of fun. Also, a lot of fun to watch the Magic Spot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, fantastic. I, I recommend everybody go to Vimeo, search for Magic Spot, and purchase it. And you can watch it in in high high def, glorious high def, and uh, watch all of the Moturn uh, Shock Marathon movies. Um, and get Matt's book. Listen to his music. Um, he he is a true uh, creative renaissance man, and and I was very proud to have him come on our podcast. Yeah, and get inspired, people. Watch mm-hmm. Magic Spot, and then say, "Wait a second, we could do that." And then make one with you, you, with your friends and family. It, it's so much fun. And um and it, come on, why are we all watching the Top Gun sequel? Forget about that. Let's all <laughs> make our own movies and watch each other's movies. This is a revolution. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Well, uh, Matt, because uh, people, you know, actually believe that Maverick is a real person, obviously. <laughs> I haven't, you know, I, I have only just been told uh, the, the, the true secret behind everything. Thank you, thank you for, for, for making the scales fall from my eyes, Matt. But, but yeah, I, I do want to thank you for, for coming on. And um, and and you know what, Matt? Uh, I, I generally don't want to uh, pressure anyone to... Uh, you know, like on the air, if you will. But you know, when when you have uh, your your next uh, film or two, uh, would would you mind if we uh, contacted you again to come back on? Oh, you can. I'm going to be contacting you, so I'll, I'll be <laughs> there. Paying. We go. Please, please, guys, let me talk about my movie again. I'm uh, in. Ne- next up, is, next up is uh, Boston Johnny, I believe. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> it's All gonna right. be it's gonna be wild. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to awesome. it. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, Thanks, Matt, again, and uh, everyone listening in. And uh, we'll catch you here next time on Podside.